go to the Skype Maker Hotline. We can talk about this and uh, we can go back to our discussion about the Freemasons and Scientologists and what have you, much more. Our friend who is the founder and the president of the Lepanto Institute at L-E-P-A-N-T-O-I-N.org. That is Michael Hitchborn of the Lepanto Institute on the Dude Maker Hotline here for his regular, regular bi-monthly or bi-weekly, depending on whose mathematical or calendric side you're on. Visit here. Mr. Hitchborn, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Church. I am doing fantabulous. Fantabulous. Did, did, did you lift that from me? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I've used fantabulous. Boy, in any event, glad to hear you're doing fantabulous. Uh, what do you think? What do I think about what? Michael Davies gave a couple of lectures for your buddy Christopher Rara and uh, Michael Matt had him over here a couple of times back in the 90s. He made, That's where I got that point from. He made that point every time he'd come over here going like, what is wrong with you Americans? Uh, you and Savonarola, if you would just think correctly and catholic could take over the United States and it, there would never be anyone that was an enemy to the church could ever be elected in the United States. It, it's simply stunning that American Catholics haven't figured this out. Uh, well, uh, it depends on which breed of Catholics we're talking about. I mean, <laughs> well, in right. some respects, we have Catholics who have taken over the country, and they're not the right kind of Catholic, oh, if the, you get my drift. That, well, that's right. The Bidens are supposedly Catholics. The Bidens, the Pelosi's, the... Uh, the, the, uh, the, the Kennedys. Yeah, the Kennedy. I mean, take your pick. But, you know, there are an awful lot of Catholics in political power right now, and they're all bad. Just run down a list of recent suspects here, or recent villains. Kathleen Sebelius, Catholic. Mm -hmm. Jennifer Granholm, Catholic. And there's almost none. <laughs> you can't find one. Uh, go to the Supreme Court. Let's just say that Gorsuch is in the ordinary because he's an Anglican. Catholic. That's a 6-3 Catholic majority. And I don't care when the last time John Roberts went to Mass. The other ones go. Uh, there is no entity. There is in 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 in, the, in 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 government across the United States. If Catholics knew their faith as they did in previous generations, then much of what we see today just couldn't, politically speaking, could would not be possible. Yeah, I agree. Now, who's the bad guys here outside of the AUSCP and the people that you write about? Yeah. <laughs> and they are bad guys. Uh, who's the bad guys here in all this? I, I, I did a segment. I sent you that article about, and I had really not researched much into the Scientologist. Mm -hmm. I knew that they were there. I just, I, I just hadn't gotten into it. Now, the Freemasons, I, I have done a lot of research and a lot of reading into but the fact that each one, uh, it, it, name your influential, famous political uh, figure or even person of influence, it seems, and I think that this was uh, uh, Crawford's, uh, uh, Matt Crawford's point, it seems like there are high or, or, or very wealthy, extraordinarily powerful Scientologist around all of these people. And Scientology, I mean, <laughs> is this the one where you get a planet or do you get a mountain? Uh, no, that would be Mormons where you get the planet. Um, the Scientologists believe that uh, you are 
the physical vessel awaiting to be rejoined with a disembodied spirit that is hidden in some mountain somewhere. Oh, it's, okay, so it is in a mountain. Yeah, or a volcano or something like that. That's crazy. <laughs> I just... So I want mine... To, look, I want mine to come from... Whatever mountain Oliver Anthony came from, that's where I want my spirit to come from. Had <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you written anything about the, the, the influence of the Scientologist? Did you get a chance to skim Crawford's piece? I did. I, I skimmed his piece, and it's... It's not uh, conclusive by any stretch, but he does make some interesting observations that uh, that that there are certain Scientologists that have worked their way into key positions in very uh, of influence with with certain people, and I think that that's that's not a uh, that's not an invalid observation. And what what he doesn't go into too much. I mean, he makes a, a brief connection of with. Um, the uh, uh, L. Ron Hubbard, right, who right, founded right. Scientology with uh, Aleister Crowley, but he doesn't really go into depth, and I think that that's that's kind of a mistake because Aleister Crowley and uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons and a bunch of others were members of something called the Ordo Templi Orientis, okay. which is a it was a Masonic organization that was focused on. Uh, magic, um, actual ritualistic magic. Um, what's interesting is that the once you go from there, there are all kinds of other connections of a deeply occultic influence that goes into various other branches. For instance, um, the OTO. Uh, which was headed by Crowley for a little while. Uh, Crowley was, I think, excommunicated from it because he was practicing sex magic and doing just god-awful things. And um, he started what he called the uh, the the Protocols of Thelema. Um, and he started something called Thelema Abbey. And, and I think that was in Sicily. Now, while Crowley was doing this, he was also getting to know people like Kenneth Anger. Um, and Kenneth Anger, who actually just died this year, he was 96 years old, was probably one of the most unknown influential people in uh, Hollywood and in uh, the, the, uh, the music industry. You've probably never heard his name. But he was extremely influential with people like Martin Scorsese, David Lynch. And what's this guy's name again, uh, Michael? Kenneth Anger. I have heard of him. Okay. He, he was probably, well, best known. Uh, he, he produced a film called Lucifer Rising in 1972. I can't recommend it at all. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I watched it because I was doing some... Um, research into the, into the occult and i was like well who is this guy what did he do okay i felt sick actually watching it it, it was it was um deeply occultic uh satanic it, it was awful um but he had a lot of influence with um with the music industry with the beatles with uh all kinds of of really big uh music stars this is one of the reasons why you hear in in a lot of songs references to Aleister Crowley. It's because Kenneth Anger was influencing 
those parts of the uh, of the music industry. I have a photograph. I'll uh, I can actually chat it to you here of Alistair Crow or, or of uh, Kenneth Anger at Thelema Abbey with Alfred Kinsey. Okay. Does that name ring a bell? Oh yes. Oh okay. yes. So Kinsey, for those who may not be familiar with the name, <clears throat> Kinsey was the one who um, launched the is what do you call it uh, sex sexology <laughs> um, he was one of the one of the key figures in the creation of secus which is the I can't remember what it stands for but secus was basically the the launch or the primary foundation for figuring out what kind of sex education to give to kids uh, most of it was pornographic everything that Kinsey did in his quote-unquote research was child abuse sexual child abuse oh he was an absolute monster he was a monster including infants yep um so the uh the connections going to the ordo templi orientis jack parsons who was the um uh he was actually a leading rocket scientist he made extremely innovative inventions with regard to rocket engines and rocket fuel uh, that led to our ability to actually go into outer space. Um, he was a member of the Ordo Templi Orientis. So you have tons of connections, and this is all bubbling beneath the surface without even getting to L. Ron Hubbard. Hubbard, of course, was uh, a contemporary of, of uh, Crowley's. There's even, and this is only a rumor, uh, I can't confirm this, but there is a uh, a rumor it's it's got a little bit of weight behind it. Okay. That um, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt is or was Crowley's daughter because her father or, or, or her mother was involved with um, with Aleister Crowley and the sex magic and all that horrible stuff. So there, there's a whole lot in in a lot of these rumors, but. You start making the connections, and you start to see that, yeah, okay, this this works here, and that works there, and there's uh, there there are a lot of different influential people that have been at least rubbing elbows with this kind of thing, and then you get into the other elements of the occult with the Rockefellers and um, uh, the Rothschilds, and, and it, after a while, it becomes pretty clear that yeah, this whole this whole problem of of an occult underworld that is secretly pulling the strings of modern society has an awful lot of, of truth to it. And I'm not going to say, go put on a tinfoil hat and, and go running from, you know, uh, <laughs> enrobed cultists who are going to be chasing you through the woods um, at some point. It's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But the fact that there are so many that are connected to Crowley, to Kinsey, to anger to all of these different aspects of Scientology and the Ordo Templi Orientis and Freemasonry, there's a problem here. And these people, they have high positions of influence, and it's, it's, a, it's a serious problem. Michael, this is incredible, but I was uh, doing a little uh, Google snitching while you were uh, speaking, and I found this. The occult history behind NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yeah. By Jack uh, uh, JPL, Jack Parsons, and Aleister Crowley. 
Jack Parsons was one of the most influential figures in the history of the American space program. I think that's what you were talking about. He was also a Marxist, stood accused mm -hmm. of espionage, and held a deep fascination with the occult. His interest in the supernatural went far beyond vaudeville magicians and astrology. By 1939, Parsons and his wife, Helen Parsons Smith, had fully embraced the teachings of the, uh, get this, Ordo Templis Orientis, what yep. Mr. Hitchborn just told us, a central hub for Crowley's spiritual and religious philosophy, Thelema. Crowley taught that a, the a Thelemite's central ambition was to achieve a higher state of existence by embracing one's true will or one's ultimate purpose beyond selfishness or ego. In pursuit of that goal, many aspects of Parsons' life blurred the boundaries between space or between science and mysticism. As a th th Thelemite or th Thelemite, he performed ritual magic, included banishing impure elements with pentagrams, uh, in invocating power of the holy guardian angel, and offering daily adorations to the sun, all while pushing the limits in the nascent field of rocket science. Now, let me go back to for just a second here to Tom Cruise. I found this, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the BBC News, 14 April 2006. Here's the headline, Katie Holmes becomes a Scientologist. Actor Tom Cruise says his fiance Katie Holmes has joined him as a follower of the Church of Scientology. Uh, the 43-year-old told the U.S. network ABC their baby due soon would, be, would not be baptized a Catholic. Although Holmes, 27, was brought, brought up into the faith. And then Cruz said this. Um, da, 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 da. He said, you can be a Catholic and a Scientologist. You can be Jewish and be a Scientologist, but we're just Scientologists. Diane Sawyer says, Katie too. That's a Diane Sawyer interview, Maggie. Yeah. And Cruz says, Katie too. And then Cruz uh, denied reports that the couple's relationship. Now, Michael, I think you may have mentioned this to me once before, or Maggie may have, somebody mentioned this to me, uh, had caused attentions within Holmes' family. Katie Holmes' family were devout Roman Catholics. Yep. So here's a conquest. So Cruz, they, they do this. They go after those that they wish to corrupt to prove that the people, that, that the men and women of the faith that are practicing the faith can be made to, to apostatize, basically, and be corrupted. But what happened ultimately after Katie Holmes uh, got involved and had Tom Cruise's baby, like Rosemary's baby, and then was in, uh, she was probably going to Scientology meetings or having some interaction with them. Well, uh, if you get the, the real story of the events or as close as we're ever going to get to it, because she just kind of disappeared. What happened to Katie Holmes, Michael? Do you, do, do you remember? Do you know? Well, she left Scientology and, and, uh, Kind of dropped off the planet. I, I don't know what she, what happened to her after that. She left Cruz in the middle of the night. I, she yeah, ran away mm -hmm. and said, that she, I had to get away from those. I had to get my baby away from those people. Mm -hmm. So, no, she was in, uh, Maggie and I watched a uh, miniseries with Katie Holmes in it. And I'm looking at it going, is that Kate? This is just last year. I'm looking at it going, is that Katie Holmes? And sure enough, it was. Um, uh, so uh, Katie Holmes got uh, got out of that. But it, it's, it's, it's fascinating here. You watch this web, the web that these people weave. 
and, we're, and, and then, of course, you know, you become an Alex Joneser if you try and connect the dots. But as you know, you pointed out a long time ago, conspiracy, there's not a, is, there's nothing wrong with saying something's conspiratorial. It means conspire, which basically means to breathe. And uh, it's just people that are linked together. That's what a conspiracy is here. Um, but now we see... All of these these people, and it seems in every single industry, no matter what it is, and in every single field, if you will, uh, if it produces wealth, serious billions and billions, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars, if it produces wealth, at the top of the food chain, it almost always seems, without exception, there is one of these creeps. How is that? Well, it's it's not surprising. Uh, I know that the thesis of um, Matthew, I can't remember his last name, um, who wrote that article you sent me, Crawford, is, Matthew Crawford, Crawford is is that there are um, that the the uh, the Scientologists are handlers, and th there may be truth to that. Um, you know, they they could very well be handlers. It's interesting that you men that he mentions handlers because last night. Uh, I was listening uh, one of uh, one of my guilty pleasures. I listen to podcasts about true crime, and um, which one? Uh, this this guy on YouTube, his name is Mr. Ballin, um, but he he does some very interesting uh, true crime podcasts. And and this one, he was talking about a, a a situation where these girls from poor girls from Southeast Asia were involved in. Um, these pranks, these video pranks, you okay. know, YouTube video pranks, and they'd go around and 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 they were being directed by a producer, a guy that claimed he was a, a film producer from Japan for all these YouTube videos that were all about pranks. And the pranks that they were doing were, uh, she would go up and she would uh, spray perfume in the face of um, some some you know unsuspecting bystander. Okay, just go up spray perfume in his face and then, you know, giggle and walk away. And they would put these up for, for likes and laughs and that kind of thing. Well, at one point, she was partnered with another actress that she hadn't met before. And so she and this other actress, this other actress had been uh, trained to rub some kind of oil on the face of the... Uh, of the unsuspecting person. So the first girl, she was to spray perfume. The okay. second girl, she was to rub some sort of oil on the face, and it was supposed to be funny for laughs, etc. Well, then they were supposed to find this one person at, a, at an airport, and they were supposed to pull this prank on this one person together. So they did. And shortly after pulling the prank... Uh, the person that they uh, they did this to started to feel sick, and he was immediately taken to the airport clinic because they did this in an airport. Taken to the airport clinic, the airport clinic immediately rushed him to the hospital, and he died on the way. Turns out that, and of course, the uh, the girl that was doing these pranks couldn't find the producers after the after this last one. Okay. Couldn't find them anywhere called him the the phone was disconnected all sorts of stuff really weird turns out that um the two girls 
were given certain chemical components to VX gas, which is nerve gas. Alone, the, the chemicals didn't do any harm, but mixed together, they formed VX gas. The person that was being marked was the brother of Kim Jong-un. And the alleged producer, film producer, were agents from North Korea. These girls had no idea. They had been groomed. They had, uh, this guy was a handler. And, uh, they, and they were paying these girls to do these pranks. And so it seemed all on the up and up. But the bottom line is that there is the possibility of handlers showing up and guiding people and guiding things and guiding events without the person really knowing what's going on. And I, I, I tell you this as a real world example of how handlers work. It looks like you're doing one thing when really they're getting you to do something else. That's incredible. So I'm <laughs> all right. I'm looking up as you're uh, as you're speaking. L. Ron Hubbard wrote a book. He wrote many books. Uh, did you know that? Well, of course you knew. Uh, most people wouldn't have known this. I would have known it if I hadn't looked it up. I think I saw the movie, and I think I hated it. Uh, the John Revolting movie. John Revolting is a Scientologist. The John Revolting movie, Battlefield Earth. Oh, yeah. Okay. John Revolting was also a, uh, a former Catholic. Former Catholic, that's right. Uh, and in Saturday Night Fever, he is a Catholic. Yep. It was, he comes in in the opening scene, and what was his, his, his name? Was it Richie? What was his name in Saturday Night Fever? I don't know. Because remember. the mother comes and goes, Richie, Richie, you got to get it. You can't go out tonight. You got to get up tomorrow morning. We got to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. You could go to Mass by yourself. No, Richie, you got to go to Mass. You got to go to Mass. Well, you remember who his brother was? Um, Joe Pecci? No, no, no. I don't mean the actor. I mean the character. No. So his brother in the movie was a the priest. priest. He's a priest. Uh-huh. Who was questioning his vocation. He was hanging out in the same disco that John Travolta was. That's right. And he was questioning his vocation. He was questioning his faith. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing was, was uh, quite anti-Catholic film. Um, but uh, so I looked up Battlefield Earth. And I found the uh, the uh, one of the original paperback covers. Um, and I look at it going like, wait, I'd know that artwork anywhere. Uh, so back in the 1970s, the publisher of Battlefield Earth commissioned Frank Frazetta to do the co- to do the cover art for L. Ron Hubbard's, <laughs> Ron Hubbard's book, Battlefield Earth. Mm. And of course, you know, a Frazetta cover will sell anything. I don't know if you know who Frank Frazetta is, but uh, 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 you know what? I'll, I'll copy it. And I'll throw it up in the uh, in the signal chat for you. In any event, we're talking about Michael Hitchburn of the Lopano Institute, and we're trying to get to the bottom of Scientology and free uh, free Masonic uh, uh, interference and or not interference, a control control of events. You know, we all know the 33rd degree Masons and of uh, their 500 year, the, well, they're in year 400 of their 500 year scheme um, to actually basically bring to an end the, uh, the, the Catholic Church and for it to be replaced by the Church of the, of the Architect or whatever, uh, which seems to be, well, <laughs> it seems to be the plan is well underway here. But when we start examining the politics and the events uh, here in the United 
United States, especially just look at the latest, uh, just look at the latest outrage, the scheme and the conspiracy that was the pandemic, the pandemonium, whatever you wish to call it. Uh, and I think that that's Crawford's point, that not only do you see the bad guys showing up at the top of all the food chains, whether it's the Republican or the, or the Democrat or the medical uh, system food chains, as he was pointing out in the medical freedom movement, the MFM was also invaded by Scientologists and Masons. You know, what I, is the MFM? Yeah, the uh, Medical Free Freedom Movement, oh, which, okay. which supposedly, you know, is an out uh, came about was always there against stood against a forced vaccination of children, and got uh, got a boost, if you will, during the Corona Doom uh, for people that resisted. Run death is near, masks, social distancing, uh, and then ultimately the Franken jabs, the death, uh, the the death jab, and what have you. Um, uh, and they were uh, under the banner of the MFM. But as I have been pointing out for over two years now, how did all these people that were nowhere to be found prior to the Corona hoax, the Corona doom, Michael? Mm-hmm. How did they, now you and I? were uh, of public record. We were doing, uh, we were hosting radio shows and video shows. You've been writing. You have been vlogging. You hosted the International Conference on Population Control. One could not say that Mr. Hitchborn and Mr. Church just kind of appeared on the scene in uh, spring and summer of 2020 as, uh, you know, these promoters uh, and defenders of medical uh, of medical or medical freedom rights, right? Uh, right? We had a track record in history. You can't say that about an awful lot of people, including uh, men that are that are, that are high-level masons. You, if, if you research this, you'll find out, like Dr. David Martin, for example, and then as Crawford was pointing out, uh, with Dr. Shimon Gold. You know, Shimon Gold. George Webb has been has been tracking Shimon Gold. Shimon Gold is basically was on the was kind of on the run a, a month or so ago, um, and was charged with or the federalities are looking into her for some sort of a. a, a a fraud or embezzlement of a very large uh, uh, sums of money from America's frontline doctors. What happened? Okay, first of all, where did America's frontline doctors come from? And why weren't they frontline? Because there was an awful lot of medical injury that was going on pre-corona doom. Did you know that in 2019, the statistics that came out, we did the story. Over 450,000 Americans were killed in American hospitals, by either they were misdiagnosed or they were misdrugged. Did you know that? No, I wasn't aware of that. Oh, yes. And it's it, the number's gone up. The number has gone up. Medical malpractice is a real thing. 450-some-odd, might, might there might have been more than that. We were shocked at the number of, of, of people that are misdiagnosed and mismedicated, if you will, and leads to all manner of complications and ultimately death. Um, uh, um, so why wasn't there a medical, why wasn't there a first-line doctors before the corona doom? Why weren't they representing the doctors at uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., for example, or maybe even Del Bigtree on the uh, the high wire, uh, whatever it was that he was doing before with his uh, movies about vax? Why weren't there, uh, where weren't there front-line doctors out there before the corona doom representing uh, people that didn't want their children vaccinated, for example, or just had questions about, hey, I, you know, I, I question this schedule. 
I, I, I question the you know the order in which it's given. I, 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 I question you know, you know the the manner in which you studied this, uh, and I'm not convinced that you did a thorough study of the long-term impacts of this vaccine or that vaccine. My point being that well, they were nowhere to be found. I never heard of them. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we get all of these people and all these names and all of a sudden become, oh, well, there are advocates. There are freedom fighters or this and that and the other. Well, a couple of questions. One, where did they go? Where are they now? Most of them aren't anywhere to be found. And if they are, they have been outed as kind of being in on it. Um, and number two, how is it that they went from nothing and they went up against people that had 20-some-odd years of experience like yours truly, and people that had experience like you, and through, you know, decades of work and hard work and of uh, cultivating your sources and of cultivating, you know, your audience that you can rely on me. You know, I, I won't lie to you, and if I do, I'll, I'll correct myself. How is it that, uh, that during this crisis that we all went through, which was the pandemic, shamdemic, pandemonium, Corona doom, whatever you wish to call it. Um, how come we weren't thrust out there with millions of people tuning into us? You can listen to my Crusade COVID Chronicle show every day right here at noon, from noon to three on the Crusade channel, and I play this day from 2020. And you listen to it, and you, and you, and you will hear we were from the, from from January on. We were questioning, going like, "All right, I'm not buying this." I'm not buying any part of it. And, of course, now in August of 2020, we're, we're talking about elections and how they're going to fix them using mail-in balloting. Um, and my, my point being that, is, which, is it just a coincidence that these people in the medical freedom movement, who had never heard of before, all of a sudden became the superstars uh, of the MFM um, uh, and then just sort of like have faded into obscurity now? Where did they go? Well, they went back to doing whatever it was that they were doing before. They had served their tasks as useful idiots, many of them. Um, uh, uh, but they weren't there for the long haul. They weren't there to be into, in, uh, in, in, into the vocation of broadcasting or invest, like, in your vocation of investigative journalism. As a matter of fact, if you wanted to do some investigating, the, 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 the COVID era probably has the most fertile investigation ground since the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> no joke. So where do they all go? Where do they all come from? Well, I think oh. that this is what Matthew Crawford is trying to explain. They were placed in those positions. They didn't earn My point is they didn't earn it, Michael. They were placed in those positions. It's entirely possible, and, and it's even plausible. I just, the, uh, it, it requires more investigation sure. in order to make it a conclusive statement, but... I think that it's entirely plausible. And then if you continue reading the piece about the chaos magic, uh, uh, Alistair Crow uh, Crowley oh, and, yeah. and rocket science, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through it and I'm, I'm reading this uh, as we're talking here and about Parsons and this guy that ultimately winds up, uh, they say he is the father of, of modern American rocketry. Well, I'm a, I'm a NASA nerd from the time I'm a little boy. And I can tell you that he is not the father of American, uh, modern American rocketry. Robert Goddard is. Anyone that knows anything about rocketry knows it was Goddard, 
not this uh, uh, Parsons. Uh, this Parsons guy. Now, I'm not saying that Parsons didn't play a role. And maybe he recruited Goddard, but it was Goddard that basically invented the liquid oxygen, liquid hydrogen, or the liquid-propelled rocket engine. Because, you know, before Goddard, every rocket that was ever launched was basically a gunpowder rocket. Right. Well, actually, it was it was Parsons that helped develop the idea of the fuel mixture. Interesting. And Goddard, Goddard did follow on on Parsons, but Parsons was the one who was innovating the the fuel mixtures. He wound up dying, by the way, by exploding inside his his own office as he was trying to test a, a new fuel mixture, and <laughs> he blew himself up. 